Joburg is the code name for South Africa's daring, highly trained special mission force. Their purpose? To debate about COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to pick our pockets. G.I. Joe against COBRA, the enemy, fighting to save the day. Hello listeners, this is uh, episode 11 of G.I. Joburg, and yeah, we're back again. Thanks for tuning in to this uh, channel. Uh, it's me, Robert, and uh, with me is Stephen and Paul. And yeah, we got lots of stuff to talk about tonight, uh, a little bit about Jokon, a couple of stuff some of us got, and our main focus is our favorite Joe vehicles, yeah, broken down into land and sea and air, because obviously Joes love their things and categories. Hello everyone, this is Steve. Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm going to rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a, a pretty good place to start off then. Let's get the negativity out of the way, shall we, sir? Okay, let's get the big bad plastic elephant out of the room. Listeners, I'm sure uh, many of you have got your grabby paws on the new retaliation figures, and were pretty excited at the fact that you managed to get them even though the film's not coming out this year. Well, I'm sure a lot of you feel very disappointed and maybe even ripped off. I'm going to start off with my favorite thing that Hasbro did with the new figures. The first major con is the packaging. Oh my god, how terrible is the packaging for this line. It's this bright orange, it's got Roadblock and Snake Eyes on. It looks very similar to the Rise of Cobra packaging in a lot of ways. It even tears open in the same way. But here's my favorite thing on the side. Just in case, listeners, you don't know what G.I. Joe is... This is what G.I. Joe is, according to Retaliation. G.I. Joe is the world's greatest special ops fighting force with top-secret ninja training from the toughest of masters, led by the ultimate ninja commando, Roadblock. <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. You had me at ninja commando. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, dear. These okay. elite heroes defend the globe from the evil forces of Cobra. Registered trademark. No uh, file card to be seen, okay? And it's kind of cool, because at the back of the packaging is not too bad. It's got a bit of an Asian fetish thing going for it, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the package I happen to have in my hand is Cobra Commander, because I actually threw the rest of the packages away, listeners, which is something completely unheard of. Yeah, Paul, that's a big step, man. It is a big step, eh? Cobra Commander is the evil leader of Cobra and the most dangerous man alive. He's staff of power strikes. <laughs> well, my favorite part's still coming. Launching a venomous missile from the snake's mouth. Oh my goodness. Can you it's, get more camp? It's Skeletor. Oh, wow. We've taken a trip back to 1980. And not in a good way. It's terrible. It's like... First, they're lying to these poor children who are buying this figure because, like, Roadblock is indeed not a ninja master. <laughs> okay. There's just no two ways around it. Friends, it's at this point when I say it is a good thing that this movie was bumped back. Yeah. Because to try and bat off of that wicket, they've lost me already. They've had know, time right? now to gather stock and, like, produce something that will lap up as opposed to something that would pander to kids. Okay, Paul, I'm going to preempt what you have to say about the rest of the Wave 1 retaliation figures and say that they just seem like a rush job. I have to agree. No, they're definitely that. I mean, okay, just for, for starters, I mean, like, okay, I got a full set of Wave 1, 
every one of the figures looks a bit like a knockoff. Mm. I don't know what it is. There's something about the plastic, something about the way the paint is done. If I had seen these not having collected G.I. Joe or bought G.I. Joe in the last two or three years, I would have seriously thought that these were knockoffs. Just because of the whole way that they've been presented, the uh, like I said, the plastic quality. And these are just things that you can recognize before you open the packaging. Then when you do happen to open the packaging, you'll find that um, there's no stand. None of them come with a stand. So you can't have them standing around. And they all come with little like pieces of paper. For those of you who don't know how to put the missile into the launcher and press the button, they've <laughs> included a little piece of paper. Though surely with the Cobra Trooper, the the parachute folding procedure, you know, might need an instruction. Fair enough, that's cool. And then also with some of the Ninja, they have this repelling gear, which is it's it's very similar to the to Countdown and Rock Viper in that you hold it on two ends and you can slide it across. There we go, buddy. Aren't you a big fan of those kind of features? I am a fan of those features. The only problem with it is <laughs> everybody's got one. <laughs> it's like, here's a giant missile launcher grappling hook for everybody. <laughs> it kind of harks back to 93, 92, 93 for us, when um, all the Joes started coming up with rocket launchers and then weapons on a sprue. Um, it feels a bit like that. Look, the the big set piece of the movie, or at least as far as the trailers have gone, is Snake Eyes and a bunch of other ninjas doing battle on a kind of a cliff face, suspended by wires. So, I guess, you know, you want to cash in on that and make sure that every single one of these ninjas comes with some kind of rope gear. The gear itself is kind of fun, and, you know, you can mess around with it. I've got a whole bunch. <laughs> They're just, oh, like, in a pile. A twisted and... tangle of cord. Oh, definitely that, and... Surprisingly, one or two of the rocket launchers that do come with guys like Roadblock and stuff are not too bad. Duke's rocket launcher is is appalling. Um, <laughs> not even fun as a you know a real world gun. It's like it's got a, a rip cord that you put into it, and then you pull the rip cord out, and then it spins the Gatling portion of the the rocket launcher, and it's supposed to spew forth four missiles. It's cool because they sort of just drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's very oh. sad. My toe was not happy. It's a it sad like, day when spring-loaded missile features don't even fire. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. You know, Snake Eyes comes with this rocket pack uh, with a grappling hook. So it's a dual-purpose rocket pack, grappling hook, missile launching combo. Which um, makes them completely superfluous, because if you got a rocket pack, why do you need exactly. rappelling gear? Anyway, yeah. And they on. completely sacrifice Snake Eyes' web gear to, uh, to let him wear this attachment. So Snake Eyes is a very dainty, thin-looking dude in the single-carded wave. Now, aside from them not having stands, the positive and the negative is that they come with the instruction manual. I think the instruction manual is kind of cool. They're so much fun to play with, those pieces of paper. Oh, mm. I, can't, I can't wait to like open the package and take out the instruction manual. <laughs> I know, and read it away. And, why uh, make why it, even and, get the figures? Just, just get the little piece of paper. I'm going on eBay right now. And <laughs> pale good. over every meticulous detail. I know, right? But it is kind of a cool thing, maybe more so for the original Joe line when they came out, you know, because sometimes, you know, you would tear the instruction manual off with the, the blister pack. Mm. You know, that would happen, and then you'd have to figure stuff out for yourself. Onto the figures themselves, the major things, okay, aside from some of the plastic quality being a bit dodge, I find that in a way they almost overpainted. What I mean by that is, like, when you look at the G.I. Joe Trooper, his head is painted. It's not like a flesh-toned plastic that they've used and then just painted accents on, like, you know, eyebrows and eyes and hair and stuff. So it does have an almost overpainted look. It's it's a bit odd. It's not too bad. It just seems to dull the sculpt a little bit. Duke is terrible. His head is horrible. I mean, he looks like 
a very squint Channing Tatum. <laughs> He's like, where's the bow? Zartan was pure gold until I took him out and realized he didn't actually have bendy ankles. Yeah, he's got a bit of a hole in his um, hoodie that is supposed to let the light in, and then it does that Transformers thing where you put him on the light and his eyes glow. Mm, the piping. It looks a cave when you've got somebody in the hood, but when you see them without it, they just got a see-through block stuck into their head. (laughs) (laughs) Which we can enjoy in a Transformer, which is a robot, but this is, you know, an action figure that's trying to imitate a human being's anatomy. Yeah, having a big piece of piping stuck in the back of your head kind of defeats the point, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like a human being with an energon cube shoved in it. Cobra Commander's got a really cool, like, shooting fist feature. You can actually remove his fist. <laughs> I take it you're, uh, you're taking the piss. This is not supposed to be a feature. No, it's not supposed to happen. <laughs> their, their wrists come out far too easily on a lot of them, actually. It's actually quite bad. I don't know if it's my batch, but I, I imagine it's a bit of a fault across the whole um, batch of them, actually. Oh, they're decent hands, though. They are actually decent hands. Isn't that sad? They're decent hands, but they fall out so easily. So, like, compare that to figures that have terrible hands that you can't wait to swap out. These ones have standard good hands, but they fall out on their own. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. But here's some of the pros to the line. Characters like Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, the G.I. Joe Trooper that comes single-coded, all have full articulation. So bendable ankles, bendable wrists. Uh, The bendable ankles do the Storm Shadow bending, so they also bend side to side as well as the front and back, you know, if you know what I mean, um, which is great, actually, and they're quite cool little joints. The Snake Eyes, without his web gear, looks really dainty, but his paint application is pretty good. He's decent. It's a very cool head sculpt, actually, but I'm going to get into that just now. Characters with the non-bendable ankles, it isn't terrible. They do actually fit into vehicles quite well, as we mentioned in an earlier podcast. But I actually think the real merit in this line lies in the fact that if there are Joes that you don't like, like, for example, the Cobra Trooper, which I thought was a little bit sad just because of the fact that his ankles can't bend and whatever. He's got great parts um, for customization. Uh, everything from his torso upwards is cool. It's well done. The sculpting is actually quite good, although some of them just feels like the sculpt is a little bit muted on them. The sculpts are actually very cool. They use slightly bright colors, which is a little bit annoying. Uh, it does also hark back to the Ninja Force days. The coloring and look of those Cobra Troopers don't seem to mirror anything that we've seen from the film footage. That's correct. The bizarre dress- choice. Absolutely yeah. bizarre. It's very odd. Um, Cobra Commander is actually very cool in a lot of ways. He's just very bright. He's got a very bright blue look to him. It's cool that he comes with a holster, though, for his gun, and he's actually got a web gear for the first time. He's got, like, a cool, like, bandolier with his little golden rope things that go around his one arm, which look quite cool. Would you still recommend that, Cobra Commander? Oh, you know what? This is me hoping that they re-release the same mold, but with more articulation, and I'm going to get into that a little bit. I've noticed with the Wave 2 and 3 that have been postponed, from the convention, a lot of the, the shots of the figures seem to actually have a lot of the original articulation um, back. Well, then this early wave of retaliation figures have served a purpose. Mm-hmm. By being a dismal failure, they have kind of put the pressure on Hasbro and, and whoever else is responsible for churning out these figures to make amends, to make the fan base happy. And I must say, I'm in awe of the images from Jokon. Yes. Absolutely in awe. I can't, for the life of me, think of a single criticism. Everything that were, was showcased in those glass cases full of treasure 
looks incredible. Uh, even the Renegade stuff. Especially the Renegade stuff. That concept, Coyote. Yeah, wow. very cool, hey? Oh, wow, wow. Very, it's very tantalizing cool. to think that some of the stuff was simply uh, a sort of mock-up and would never see mass production. But it hopefully- is a bit sad. Hopefully it's it's created enough of a buzz, I don't know, to make these things uh, possible. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, another thing, just in this Wave 1 line, they seem to come with very little gear, in a, in a, and this is a big thing. When they come with gear like Snake Eyes, he doesn't really have a place for his swords, which is a bit odd. I think you're supposed to put them on his grappling hook launcher, which I refuse to do. The Cobra Trooper, he comes with tons of gear. In fact, he is full of gear. <laughs> And his stuff is actually very cool, although his backpack's a bit bright with his bright neon orange shovel, which sort of just says, shoot me here. The Storm Shadows are great, except their arms don't bend. They have a near 90 degree bend, so they're not as poseable as you would want them to be, but he's actually one of the figures I have to recommend out of the single cards. In fact, out of this whole set, the Red Ninja, the Zartan, the G.I. Joe Trooper, and the Storm Shadows single cards are worth your time, definitely, especially the Zartan. And... The Zartan is even better is if you have bought the Dojo pack. The Snake Eyes that comes with that is beautiful. Very cool web gear. Very reminiscent of the Sideshow release. He's very toned down. It's the same sculpt as the single card, but they've used silver instead of black for the kneecaps and the shoulder pads, which give him some nice variation. But the web gear makes him. And I've also given him Zartan's disguise Snake Eyes head, which makes him look even cooler, because that's quite like a techno Snake Eyes look. As far as the visor's concerned, it's not the same as the single card, and it looks really good. He's my go-to Snake Eyes at the moment. And also, he's hands, and Steve will be very happy to hear this. With the beachhead that they've released in the dojo set, and with the Red Ninja, they seem to have made the wrist ball a little bit smaller. So it actually looks a lot slimmer than what we used to. And it still retains that articulation, which is a definite plus. So he can hold the grip on the pistol snugly, and it's not kind of pinched between the thumb and the forefingers. That's right, and it also doesn't have that beasting wrist-looking motif. (laughs) The ham hand. But yeah, just to go over my points again, really upset that they didn't come with stands. It's a big downer for me, because I like to keep my figures in a cabinet. And I don't mind the grappling launcher thing, that was going to happen. I mean, this line is primarily aimed at kids walking into a store and picking them up, so they want play features, that's cool. And it's weird that the box sets come with tons of gear and weapons, and they actually had the best paint jobs and sculpts out of this line, I just wanted to mention as well. You can tell by putting the two Storm Shadows together, you can actually see that there is a slightly better attention to detail when it came to painting, whereas on the single card, there's a little bit of overspray or underspray. In other words, the paint went over its mark, so you get a bit of extra spray on the arms and stuff, which is not something that's been very common with the line, or at least in my opinion anyway. Quick straw poll, just going around the room. Rob, after hearing what Paul has to say, would you ever consider any of this first wave of retaliation? I'm curious. I don't know, like especially the Cobra Commander, he still sounds really cool. I'm just glad that when Hasbro does special features like the grappling hook, it's not incorporated into the figure. So that you still have a cool figure, and if you don't want to play with the feature, you can just leave it. And yeah. the stand thing doesn't really bother me, because like I don't really stand my figures that much. I think I probably have like a whole drawer full of stands somewhere at home. Yeah, it's I must like, say, stands also go into the drawer for me. I don't use them. I don't like yeah, them. Yeah, th- we've just become so expert, I think, at just standing the figures. Like, sort of <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> stands are for the kind of collector who likes to order his DVD collection instead of watch it. What are you trying to say about Paul? No, 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 I get that. I get that. Although I have watched my DVD collection, just want to put that out there, listeners. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. It's all about like rearranging guys in in the way they stand, as opposed to actually just taking the figure out and messing with it. Oh, should a lot. it be in alphabetical order or, or chronological? I can't decide. Autobiographical. Oh, where do they come from? I should. No, no, you're taking it too far, man. I was referencing high fidelity. I don't know what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking. You're just being robbed. <laughs> I will categorically say that I'm going to skip on all of the Wave 1 retaliation stuff. Oh my goodness. Because the stuff that's coming blows it out of the water. Oh. Like that ultimate snake eyes. Ultimate oh. snake eyes. Word. That firefly. Fly. The ultimate yeah. duke. Hey, I can overlook the Channing Tatum head sculpt. Yeah. That body armor and that camo pattern is just amazing. It's a gorgeous I don't body. know where it's from. I hope it's all original. It looks pretty original to me. Oh, man. No, it's amazing. They're amazing. I was gobsmacked because after this retaliation line, for many of the listeners out there, when when I get a whole bunch of Joes, because here we don't get to pick them off from a supermarket pig, we have to order them in, and our loyal listeners will know this. It's kind of an event. I mean, when I get a package from David, from Yojo SA, or from eBay or whatever, I get all excited. I mean, in fact, um, I've had multiple arguments about getting to the post office and things like that to go and fetch my Joes. Or, you know, I sort of, every time a car passes, I think it's the delivery guys, you know, the FedEx or the EMS guys. So I get really excited. On the morning that my Joes had arrived, we had actually driven past the post office, and I, halfway uh, to work, I was like, oh, crap, I got G.I. Joes. And Michelle was like, oh, should we turn back and go and get them? And I'm like, no, it's okay, I'll wait till lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. What does yeah. that say about your love for Retaliation Wave 1? No, but exactly that. And then when I got them, we had actually done a huge late-nighter where we were working late. And working late in my office is kind of cool. It's uh, we work hard. It's chilled and stuff as well. So I was opening my figures over the course of the evening. And it just put me in a bad mood. I was like, why? <laughs> why? Where's the stand? I thought I dropped the stand. I mean, I was looking for the stand. when I was ooh, ooh, ooh. Paul, do you want to have, like, all of my stands? Yeah. I must have about a hundred stands. Yeah, you can have mine too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, I'd love By that. By all means. Cool. Good, good. Just need to figure out what you can give us in exchange. <laughs> How about money? <laughs> How about your uh, airbrush? No. <laughs> Damn. No, that's my Damn. pride and joy. But still, yeah, it was a very unexcitable line. So I was feeling pretty miffed about G.I. Joe in general. I was just like, well, this is where the line is going. This harkens back on Ninja Force, and maybe, you know, maybe it's a good time to, like, not buy the small figures. And then you saw images of the Night Viper, the Crimson God, and Ultimate Snake Eyes, and you suddenly had your faith restored. Well, that's the whole thing. Um, JoeCon was happening, and I was all like, uh, whatever. And then when I saw the images, then I sort of cried. I bleated out a little. <laughs> okay, guys, guys, that Ultimate Snake Eyes. Based on 1985's version 2 Snake Eyes, it was obviously a vast improvement on the first iteration of Snake Eyes. Yes. There's no competition there. Definitely. And then it went on to become the canonic Snake Eyes. But mm-hmm. I think, and I'm you know, treading lightly on very hallowed ground here, but that look is obviously dated and was vastly improved on in the POC Snake Eyes. Like, I would only get that Snake Eyes for a cartoon accurate or comic accurate snake eyes but i do not like the latex bodysuit muscled up look and that figure sadly has it i mean even the version 2 snake eyes from 85 the costume hung off the figure's body like natural cloth it didn't look like a rubber batman bodysuit which is the look that they've endorsed in rise of cobra in these action figures 
and it's not correct. Snake Eyes never wore a bloody gimp suit, okay? Yeah, that's true. It's it always not, been like a jersey and stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know, whatever it was, but it was not skin tight. And I think it looks sort of S&M freaky. That's my criticism. But I do, I'm, I'm crazy about it. It's beautiful. I will certainly own one. And that timber looks scary. Timber with these black, black eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little threatening. As a whole, I like the whole figure because of the whole comic accurate feel to it. It looks like one of Rod Wiggum's illustrations. I think he was yes. the first artist to tackle that version to Snake. I speak under correction, but... Uh, it reminds me of that one cover. I can't put my finger on exactly which issue it is, but it's beautiful artwork of Snake Eyes with Scarlet on the front cover, and they're going through, like, long grass. Oh, that's the know. one where they get blown to smithereens. Yes. Yes. They're on vacation with Flint and Lady J in Granada. And then also, that Flint and Lady J look oh. pretty awesome as well. Yeah, yeah. they do. The yeah. Flint and the Lady J from that sort Conceptual of... Conceptual... Concept cabinet. Oh, man. Yeah, they are very cool. They are so choice. In fact, the only figure there that I don't really like, actually, is the shipwreck, surprisingly. I'm not feeling the love for the shipwreck in that box. Yeah, no, it's not as flashy as the others. It's not a perfect marriage of parts like that Lady Jane Flint are. They're I just... mean, Heat Viper for the win. <laughs> Sublime, mm. absolutely. Absolutely. I will I actually... forgive a, a Viper being orange <laughs> if it's a Heat Viper. And then also another thing, which I wanted to hear your thoughts on it, that Night Viper, um, you said you liked it, right? I did. I was worried that you weren't going to like it. I just had this feeling. I was like, Steve might not like that. They've slimmed down the optics. That looks terrific. I mean, better than the Jungle Viper and even better than the original. It doesn't look like he's going to battle to get through a doorway. And the gun, it looks like it attaches to the backpack. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they colored it nicely. I'm sad we don't get the vintage weapon, but it's not a bad update. I can live with it. Oh, something I wanted to add about the vintage Night Viper. He can attach his rifle to his leg, which is kind of cumbersome, but it's as if they doubled up because it comes with a shoulder strap as well. It's like it would always be nice for a figure to be able to store his included rifle on his body, but with the Night Viper, you've got two options. Yeah. It's like overkill on the coolness. But as far as the retaliation line goes, there's some cool gear in there. One of my favorite things in there, just to mention as well, was uh, it came with an extra knife for Beachhead. Uh-huh. Which is great. So now I've got an extra knife for my other beachhead. I can put in that little in the, into that that knife sheath, which is you know cool. I totally solved that problem way ahead of you, man. No, I bet you did. I did not find a knife that fit that sheath. Yeah. So what I did was I took off uh, POC Snake Eyes's uh, knife sheath yeah. because you I felt it. Well, it just juts out too far. We spoke about this the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it looks nicer without it, and that knife found its way into the beachhead body armor quite handsomely. Do you just display your POC snake eyes with uh, that knife sheath? Yes, I do. It doesn't bug me um, uh, so much. I think not... if I was playing with it more, because I have noticed it's popped out and stuff before. Um, I'm not a player. I'm a player. You're a player. I like my snake eyes flush. I also like him unmasked these days. Ooh. He's he's riding a vamp with his mask off. <laughs> and it looks, the wind on his it looks face. fucking good, no, man. Great. That G.I. Joe Trooper from that Wave 1 is actually a masterpiece, though, in a lot of ways. I just would like to see them re-release it, if you know what I mean. Uh, it might uh, end up being slightly better. What, the same way? I basically made him my assault beachhead because you put beachhead's head on him and it just makes sense mm. i don't know how to explain it other than that i mean and also the guns and stuff he comes with like the little backpack i wouldn't actually use it on them as a backpack what happens is it's something that gets airdropped or whatever and such a badass little sniper rifle on there actually it's a good figure for gear and the poncho is actually pretty cool too 
I just don't like the color, so I'm going to actually do something with that. I'm going to probably do like a camo kind of look for it. They cut corners on paint apps. They gave you a lot of plastic, but they weren't going to paint it all. Exactly. So it's up to the more discerning among us to to do it, uh, to fill in fill in the blanks. The the Duke as well that comes with it. Um, the only thing that's wrong with him is obviously the the legs because it doesn't have bendy ankles, but the upper torso and the arms would lend themselves really well uh, if it was given the right kind of attention. It could be a cool looking different character. It would be a good way to make I don't know a firefly out of or something to it. Why it's, would you want to with that ultimate firefly coming your way? <laughs> no, but that's the whole thing. That's, that ultimate firefly negates the need to do that. And that so, diver, oh my goodness. Ultimate diver. That, cool, eh? that cobra, the night landing. Amazing. Yes. I can't wait for that night landing. It was said somewhere that the flippers articulate. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. It's like, you know, that famous story about when the Americans and Russians were involved in the space race and <laughs> the Americans spent <laughs> millions designing a, a, a pen, pen that could write in zero G and the, the Russians just used like, pencils. Your pencil. Where I'm going with this is <laughs> PTE do flexible rubber flippers that bend like flippers do. And that kind of makes an articulated flipper seem a bit... Uh, Redonkulous. You said it, baby. The red ninja that comes with the dojo set. You know Slice? You know he's got that sort of meshing... Fencing kind of mesh. Thing. Now, you know they released one like that with Snake Eyes? Yes. Yeah. No, they've released a red one. So, basically, I put it on this red ninja, and he, for all intents and purposes, is Slice, in my eyes. Cool. So and I've in got that cabinet like that. Uh, from Jokon, they had a very dice-looking yes, character. Yes, exactly. And that dice I can also easily make, because that mask comes with the Storm Shadow. If I wanted to, I could use this Kamakura body and braid purple and stuff and make him a dice. Although the Kamakura is not too bad, actually. It's actually a good use of the Rock Vipers parts mixed with a new Storm Shadow parts and stuff. He's cool. He's nicely done. He's okay. He's a good little Frank and Joe. He's actually not terrible. And the Zartan, there's so much missed opportunity on the Zartan. Like, it would have been cool if you could remove the knife from his armor. And he's the Renegade Zartan, actually. But if you can imagine the Renegade Zartan being really creepy, because he is really creepy, he's cool. Ah, oh, man. Are they going to have uh, an Arnold Foslu Zartan? I don't know, but it's a possibility. Did you see that Zartan in the in the concept cabinet? No, no. Stunning. He's really stunning. It's also a good parts reuse. He looks more like um, later Zartan, the way Zartan uh, ends up changing his armor a little bit later in the comic. He looks like that. Oh, and listeners, just in case you didn't know this, Zartan is a South African represent. <laughs> and, oh no, he's just, oh, this line is not a complete waste, but based on what I've told you, your actions regarding it are not unmerited, and I think I would be in the same boat as you if I had. Buddy, I wait a little while before hitting the buy button. Yeah. <laughs> With you, it's like, just think about it. There's a new wave of Joes. Bam. Click. Pre order. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't mind that. It's cool. I mean, it's helped me get some figures that I've seen guys having major problems getting now. And to your credit, yeah, I mean... There, those positives and negatives to both ways of doing shit. Those Retaliation Wave 1 figures, I'm sure, are becoming more and more difficult to get your hands on. Because, no, of course, the pool is drying up because 
This is a now defunct entry into the toy line. Yeah, I think these are going to cost lots of money one day, hey? People are going to be like, what? They're rubbish, but still. You fool, you threw away the packaging. (laughs) Why did (laughs) you take them out? You took them out of the packaging. (laughs) One of the cool things that came with the Dojo box is they got these nice little backgrounds. They got one of the Roshikage temple and stuff, and they fit nicely in my little clear display boxes, so I put them in the background. So they look... Yeah, that's nice. My God, man, you do like to catalog <laughs> your DVD collection and not watch it. No, I do watch my DVD collection. There's a difference between DVDs and toys. That's no, I play with my toys. I've actually played with these. Um, I've played with my, my hardcore Snake Eyes quite a bit. I think he's awesome. And another thing. Hey, a little random figure trivia that I want to pick your brains about, guys. The AVAC, Air Viper Advanced Class. This guy is supposed to be the advanced version of the Air Viper. Yeah. What's an Air Viper? Okay, that's trivia question number one. (laughs) Question number two is, are these guys so advanced that the plane that they get tasked to fly is for all intents and purposes an unmanned drone? (laughs) <laughs> the fire bats they're just dead weights in the cockpit <laughs> what gives I think they just had a slot to fall congratulations but- Air Viper you've reached the advanced class now you're gonna man a rocket plane that doesn't need manning an Air Viper is a very sneaky re-release that they released in the 25th anniversary line oh did because- they yes because I've got one it's a normal Cobra Viper with a backpack <laughs> really it's a Cobra Viper with a jump <laughs> okay so when they become advanced class they don't wear the jetpack anymore the, the they sit in a seat inside it <laughs> yes very much so. and they go while it flies it. itself they're not actually pilots yeah they just I would be frightened in one of those they're just the guys that bail out and deploy their parachutes yeah. when the thing gets shut down yeah 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 exactly they're parachute control specialists observing cartoon <laughs> cannon well they're almost like hostages you know kind of trying to make it less likely that the other guys will shoot at them like <laughs> I'm not actually controlling this come on don't shoot don't shoot I'm gonna die <laughs> but interestingly enough they did include a parachute with the original AVAC it was like his one accessory it was like a parachute pack so if there's something in that Gents, let's take it back, all the way back, to our favorite, favorite G.I. Joe vehicles. And for the purpose of this top three list, we have categorized them into land and sea and air. (laughs) So, we're going to kick off with each of our favorite land vehicles. I'm sure you'll all agree it's extremely difficult to decide your favorite picks out of the G.I. Joe team. Yeah. Because for every purposed vehicle that Cobra had... Joe had about four or five to fulfill that role. Joe was certainly more numerous on the vehicle side of things. So when you're deciding what do I think is the most crucial type of land vehicle, you've got immediately five or so vehicles that fit that category. So you start going on other criteria like personal connections or media exposure or number even... Number of wheels. Yeah. <laughs> number of wheels, apparently. For me, I've picked out the vehicle that kind of does everything extremely well and also set the precedent. And I went with the Vamp. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Now... The vamp is 
G.I. Joe's first and most iconic Jeep. It has been re-released numerous times, even seeing action as a Cobra vehicle in the form of the Cobra Stinger. But that original 1982 Vamp was, I imagine, the kind of toy that every kid gravitated towards. It was inexpensive. It came with a driver. It had a, a decent number of features for something of its size and was a winning sculpt. I mean, it looks like a very speedy little ground pounder. It's done up in a beautiful shade of green that also meshed well with the other original G.I. Joe vehicles of the time. It has a tow hook that could tow any number of the towable weapon systems, the MMS, the Hell, the Whirlwind twin battle gun. It had removable gas cans. It had a clicking... Yes, Yes, the gun had a great feature in that the barrels click forward and backwards at the push of a button or tab. And it came with... With Clutch, no other wheelman on the Joe team left quite an impression as Clutch did. And so that can often be an overriding factor. Other vehicles that are notable mentions in my list are vehicles like the Snowcat, which has a beautiful sculpt. I marvel at this vehicle all the time, but it's always limited by being a snow vehicle. Mm. I would love to use it more, but sadly, I don't go into the frozen north often enough. (laughs) The Vamp is just that mainstay that's always with you. And the 25th anniversary re-release of the Vamp just upped the ante so nicely. Okay, the cons are that the Canon no longer has the clicking feature and doesn't rotate and elevate as freely because they've included these wicked cool hoses that go into the rear of the vehicle. Yeah, and do what? I don't know. But yeah. still, uh, at least cool. the hoses are detachable, so if you want to wheel them away, you can. There are removable panels that have detailing underneath them. The gas cans are once again removable from their little basket at the back. The seating has been dropped to accommodate 25th anniversary figures a little bit better. The engine compartment opens, which is something that no other iteration of the vamp had. And it's terrific. It's such a nice addition. And the blanket and spade are removable from the hood of the vehicle. And there's also a little paint application here and there, like the lights on the bar. Lights set into the vehicle in front and back are now separate separate little perspex pieces, which are just dying to be lit up. I'm sure everyone who looked at them at first blush thought, ooh, electronic feature. I'm sure they light up, but sadly, no. They just look like they do. (laughs) The seats are painted now. Hey, it's terrific. I love this little vehicle. And I get so much fun out of it. My first introduction to the vamp was in the form of the Tiger Paw. That was my uh, debut vamp. I painted it green as soon as I started seeing vamps in the comic books. Yeah, the sequence of events was I fell in love with the G.I. Joe toys first, as most of us did, and then started discovering the comics and cartoons and accumulating them, beaten old, dusty, dog-eared copies here and there at any discount comic store or cafe that I managed to track them down in. And so, as I started reading those early issues, I really developed quite a love for this vehicle and exactly how versatile it was. To us, it's a two-seated little gun bus, but in the comic book, they just loaded guys on there all the time. Oh, no, it's a... It's a cool little girl, that I must admit. And the level of technical detail that you had on it is unparalleled with a lot of the vehicles. Just by being the initial Jeep and getting as much exposure as it did in the initial comics, you know, you had details like the fact that Clutch can remote control the cannons by using a little electronic device that he keeps in his shirt pocket. Just little things like that, little tidbits of information that you glean from the comic books 
just make this vehicle stand out from the crowd. From the immense motor pool of G.I. Joe Jeeps, the Vamp is a beaut. It's the gold standard, and it just looks so freaking cool. It's a nice, low-to-the-ground vehicle based off of a defunct Lamborghini Cheetah. I mean, I don't think that ever saw mass production. But in 1982, this is what Hasbro toy design has latched onto as, like, the new big thing. Or at least in terms of a special forces group, This would replace the venerable Jeep. And on the 25th anniversary version, I'm going to gush just a little bit more, but (laughs) the uh, decals have that legible, albeit very slightly legible type. You can magnify that stuff and read it for the life of me. I can't remember what it says, but it's pretty legit. It does seem to be well thought out, and it's not like someone slagging off your mother, but in microscopic font. You know, it's... (laughs) It's military hardware lingo. And that's all I have to say about the vamp. Which is your favorite land vehicle, Robbie? Oh, my favorite land vehicle is probably... I was going to say the vamp as well, but like... (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, but I just think the Desert Fox just does everything that the vamp does, but better. Instead of four wheels, it's got six. I just think six wheels just works so much better because, you know, you just drive around, it's so much easier. And because it's a desert vehicle, it's just able to get around so much easier. And I like that it has such a cool look to it. It's almost like a concept look. You know, like this isn't the real deal. It's like something that they created specifically for the Joes. And it's so much more well-equipped. It's got the missiles, it's got the cool anti-aircraft gun, there's like a cool place for like a dude to work on a computer. And I think it's just really awesome. And, I mean, I liked it so much I got Steve too for his birthday once. Uh, <laughs> Christmas. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> and I liked it so much, I handed one of them off to Paul for a spiffy new paint job. He turned the Desert Fox into the Fox. <laughs> it's done up in a nice green color with so much detail added in the form of washes and, I don't know, dude, you put like a little rust in the nooks and crannies yeah, of that thing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, I've seen it. to town, and uh, it's much appreciated. Oh, I had a lot of fun doing it, man. It was awesome. But you're right, Rob. It wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I butchered it using some green spray paints. You uh, corrected my butchery. But you're right, Rob. It does do everything that the vamp does and more. Uh, it has more capacity for troops. It has added firepower. The front wheels turn. Yeah, which, which is, is quite cool. Very, very cool. You don't think it loses points by having a, almost a flesh tone as its colouring? I don't think so. I mean, as a desert vehicle, I think that makes it fit in better. It should be lighter for that sort of environment. I don't know, to my mind, it just seems a bit too light. And it's and driven by possibly the most ripped-off Joe in the entire G.I. Joe headquarters. Oh dear, what an unfortunate code name that guy had. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know... Poor Skidmark. (laughs) Poor Skidmark and his poor choice of colours. Yeah, orange and green. It's great. How about you, Paul? What's your favourite land vehicle in the Joe motor pool? Okay, I gave it a lot of thought. I think my choices are going to be based on a lot more of the fun I've had with vehicles. So I'm sure you guys are expecting to hear me say the warthog. No, somebody had to. Somebody yes, had to. good. A vehicle that you have a lot of history with, Paul. Uh, it has to be one of my favorites. It is actually my absolute favorite Joe vehicle, with a notable mention being the new 4x4 vamp, 
that recently came out from the Pursuit of Cobra line. But the Warthog has everything I really dig in a vehicle. You can put a lot of troops in it. It's got cool little nooks and crannies. I remember when I was a kid, I wish I could have shrunken down to G.I. Joe's size and just like sat inside that thing. It floats. I can't get over that. I think it's so cool that it floats. It got a lot of time in the bar. Very, very cool vehicle. And it's so military in its look. It's not very sci-fi at all. I mean, there's a real-world uh, amphibious APC that looks exactly like it. I really love that vehicle. Everything, I mean, from, from the day that I got it till it actually eventually died, I mean, I think it was actually destroyed or... How did it die? I'm not 100% sure, but listen, we used to bury that thing, and we used to put it into, like, sand mounds and, like, <laughs> cover the sand around it, and, like, it would be, like, a whole base, and uh, we would do a whole bunch of crazy things to it, and that, that was one of the things I loved about it. You could actually use it as a sort of a mobile command center as well, because it had all of the capacity and stuff in it. Um, oh, my favorite thing was just to load it up with guys. It tripped me out to see how many guys you could jam in there. Yeah. Well, you know, six in the back and three in the crew compartment. more guys in the back as well, I think. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, yeah, you also had a tow hook, you could tow something. And it came with another crucial character, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter, yeah. Oh, and on my box, it was Sergeant Slammer. Oh, on all <laughs> the European release boxes, it was. He was a cool figure, because in a lot of ways, that guy looks a lot like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're right! It does. No, it does. <laughs> You've got to get your dad some, like, mirror aviators. <laughs> yes, my dad used to have those. He used to have those Ray-Bans at one stage, uh, when he was still a cop. And silver ones, like the T-1? Yeah, like those kind of, like, not as silver, but, like, they had that bit of that gold tinge to them. And he just looks so badass. And my dad used to ha- used to wear a hat quite a lot. Like, he had, like, a bit of an Indiana Jones hat. The fedora type thing that he used to wear around just generally. And he looked so much like, if it wasn't Sergeant Slaughter, he looked like Wild Bulls. You can't go wrong. Mm. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, he was a very cool figure and perhaps the best sculpt of Sergeant Slaughter because it had a more militaristic, not BDU, it's sort of a flak vest. Yes, yeah. uh, With a knife and a bandolier of bullets. Yeah, it just looked like he means business as opposed to looks like he's going to get into the wrestling ring. Uh, and I never even knew he was a wrestler. That was the cool thing. No, uh, neither did I. When I, I thought he was Sergeant Slammer. <laughs> exactly. Drill <laughs> Sergeant to the G.I. Joe team. And that's what he was. He was the drill sergeant and he used to like get them all like readied and stuff like that for battle. And I dug everything about that vehicle. In fact, the, the yellow missiles only bug me now, but they never really used to bug me too much. But it was always a matter of, like, my friend would always shoot them and exploit their weakness, and then eventually we started taking them off. Mine was made easy for me by the fact that straight out the box, my missile stem was broken. Ah. Oh. So I ignored those missiles as a child, and, and eventually as an adult, having this massive, god-awful stem just sticking out of the top of the vehicle doing nothing, I took a hairdryer and popped that sucker right out. And it mm. looks much better without it. I would like to fill in the hole with maybe a hatch. I mean, you you threatened to do that for me, didn't you, Paul? Yeah, I did. The office still there, although I must admit, I, I don't really want to take on your childhood memory, Warthog. We should try and get a, a victim. <laughs> you know, nah, come on. Something. By virtue of it being my childhood, Warthog, it, it's free to be total. That's the joy of these things, man. Mm. I, I don't I don't treat it preciously. It's like it's my old warhorse. She's, <laughs> she's been through the wars. They really did build these things to last forever. Like the warthog, particularly, is a very rugged toy. Yeah, it's, it's a very robust toy. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Yeah. No, it's definitely also one of my favorites. I mean, it's probably the one Giorgio vehicle that I've played with the most as well. I think. Agreed. And I never felt too ginger about it. it. It's just yeah, it's so rugged. Like you just go. 
crazy with it. Should we throw it out the window right now? Well, we have to open the window first. Ah, uh, it's a rather cold night tonight. Yeah, yeah I know. But, it's so good. Good. but yeah, I know. And the fact that it comes with Sergeant Slaughter, who became so much more awesome after like watching Predator. You know? <laughs> I don't know who got a damn sexual was... Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he was such a standalone character uh-huh. in my playtime that yeah, he became a firm favorite just by virtue of the figure sculpt and the file card. Yeah, big. Guidance. I had no idea he was a professional wrestler, but. He just looked the business, and he came with the kick-ass vehicle. So I gave him a heavy MG, and he was leading the charge on countless G.I. Joe missions. Yeah, and then just as a notable mention, the the new 4x4 vamp that they did for the POC line, i got to love that vehicle. It's got a lot of what the Warthog has, actually, except for the floating feature. I know a lot of guys slated it and stuff, but I think it is pure magic. I think it's one of the best modern vehicles to have come out since the Warthog. Agreed. It's great. It looks quite futuristic, though. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a little ways off. It looks like a concept car. It does have that, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's not a criticism. It's yeah. just like it won't necessarily mesh with established G.I. Joe hardware. Mm. Moving on. My C vehicle <laughs> is such a no-brainer because G.I. Joe did not have very many naval vehicles at all. It's true. When I was trying to find something, I was struggling. I struggle to say the flag, isn't it? I know it's it just has to be. Friends, when you usher a flag into your life, <laughs> it very quickly becomes the center of your universe. <laughs> I it's, bet because it's so big. <laughs> Touche. Basically, yes, its size makes it the centerpiece, but even before you get into its sheer dimensions, the fact that it is for all intents and purposes, a hive of G.I. Joe activity. I mean, it's an aircraft carrier. It needs an army to run it. Mm. And it can accommodate a great deal of vehicles. And there's really just no competition for it. (laughs) So, yes, I I defaulted to the flag because it is a fully-fledged naval vessel. And it is a play pattern in and of itself. I never grow tired of landing and taking off Sky Strikers on that sucker's deck or deploying landing craft from the sides of it. It just, it is love. (laughs) It sounds like love. It it allows me to appreciate my collection in a way that no other centerpiece would. Most everything can interact well with the flag. Provided you've done a little bit of elbow work, I mean, as I say, and I've said countless times in other episodes of our podcast Mm. it does sit too low in the water you need to raise the deck and once you've done that you can ram a rolling thunder underneath there there's enough real estate below decks to have a gi joe motor pool underneath there and that's when it really comes to life when you've got stuff on top of and inside of your flag then it's just yeah it's a hive of activity and I could spend weeks just poring over that thing. I could too. I just need one. I just need the space to take it out of storage. <sighs> I know the feeling. That's actually what one of the major prohibiting factors to me getting myself one. Yeah. Every time I think, oh, should I set it up? But then I have to break it down. And it being an aging toy, every time you set it up, something is in danger of being snapped or broken or, or fatigued. Yeah, not a decision to take lightly. Until, of course, I come down to come check it out. Then <laughs> open that bad boy. 
<laughs> Buddy, you just say the word. <laughs> say you bought that ticket, and I'll uh, start assembling. Okay. I'll even I'll even put the LEDs in. <laughs> yes, listeners, I I lit up various portions of my flag because uh, some nooks just get way too dark, and even <laughs> under daylight, even under a spotlight, the thing just casts its own shadows. Mm. And in order to see the beautiful interior spaces. Stick some LEDs in there. Cool. So that would be my C entry. Robbie? Going through the list of Joe vehicles, I found it impossible to actually find a dedicated ship. I think probably the only thing I found was kind of like the Shark 9000. Even that's like a weird thing. Uh, yeah. I remember having the Shark 9000 as a child, and it saw a lot of use because yeah. it was the only JoJo boat I had. But and it turns then out you realize really it is the, the only JoJo boat. Otherwise, they have subs. I mean, I saw one that was pretty cool, the Polar Shark sub, which kind of looks like something out of Wipeout. But still, I've never played with it. So I ended up having to choose the whale as my favorite sea vehicle. Shame. You ended up having to choose the whale. Well, I'm not having to choose, but like I just wanted to find a ship that I thought was cool. The whale and, like, is I always realized, I know. I always realized that the whale was the coolest thing that could go on the sea. But, like, I just thought I would be able to find something else. I thought, wow, is this really all they have? They're relying upon the whale to defend themselves against Cobra's numerous sea vehicles. You could have, of course, listed that G.I. Joe recoloring of the moray. I suppose that's true, but I felt it better if it kept it original. You know, like, this was made by Joe's, and this is actually a Joe vehicle. And let's not lose sight of the fact that the whale flat out rocks anyway. Actually, it was what the first What do you love thing about the whale? Let's get that out of the way. Because, listeners, I, I think you might recall in episode 10, we all debunked our most loved yet niggly issue with kind of vehicles. And Rob said about the whale that while he loves it to bits... He hated the coolest feature. <laughs> oh, he hated the fact he that it launches that little vehicle. Yes, I hate right. that feature. I hate that feature. But I like that it has it, though. <laughs> it has that feature, and it has many different features. There's so much potential for play with it. But your main concern was the fact that the internal space was Wasn't not utilized properly. Yes. It was a missed opportunity to make it... Uh, hold more or hold a vehicle even yes you could fit a vamp but even without that it still has so much potential for play you can put lots of dudes in there it has little mines you can play with the mines like once you're on the coast or you know on on land you can send out your little vehicle into the water you can send out that cool awesome little (laughs) (laughs) little bike midget bike I'll be back I'm just gonna go get something to eat (laughs) 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 the circus is having tryouts (laughs) Send the guy on the bike. <laughs> Put roadblock on the bike. <laughs> we have to infiltrate that circus. Quick, let's get to the whale and use the bike. Let's teach Matt how to ride a motorbike. <laughs> Junkyard, Nutter. The, the handler's name is Mutt. Hey, that was a test. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then it has that cool feature when it moves the uh, the rotors at the back. Oh, it's, just, yeah. it's fun to play with. There's so much you can do with it, and that's what I like about it. Absolutely. Just this evening, I was having a whale of a time. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was I was mucking around with the, the whale, and I was having a blast, just zooming it along the carpets and making fun <laughs> sounds. I'm surprised your mom didn't walk past and you know with friends and be like, "That's Stephen giving off his best Hoover impression." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she did that the first few times, but now she's gotten used to it. <laughs> I have to fight with my dog for attention when it comes to that kind of thing. Dude, your dog will give you all the attention you need. Your dog will tear your toys to pieces. <laughs> I know, it's like an episode from the cartoon series, you know, where Junkyard turns into, like, a giant dog. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Mercifully, I missed that one. <laughs> oh, snap. Paulie, what is your favorite aquatic vehicle? Well, seeing as you guys have both taken the two coolest ones, I uh, I have to obviously settle for the Barracuda. <laughs> the Barracuda? Are you nuts? <laughs> you don't have to settle for anything. You can actually share our favorites. You can. So, you may. Please, no, actually, it's the whale or the flag. No, it's the whale. Because I don't have a flag and I'm bitter, that's why I can't say the flag. And I can afford a whale, so it's easier for me to like one, because then I can buy one. You might wind up having more fun with a whale anyway. A flag is unmanageable. Okay, that kind of flies in the face of everything that I was saying with regards to fun. Well, it's the fun flag is of... extraordinarily fun, but it requires an extraordinarily large space. Well, it creates fun for other things that interact with it, I think. Well, the whale in itself is fine without having to interact with lots yeah. of other things. The flag is the means to an end. The yeah. whale is the end. Yeah, it's <laughs> the end of all f- yeah, mm. fun. The whale is the, f- the fun part of your mission, which is the amphibious landing. Yeah. The flag is like... You launch it from the flag. Like, yeah. yes. The okay, flag is the mission. more logistical part of the mission, where you're just hanging out on the ship yeah, and going to the briefing and... Playing. Basketball Pitching into the wind. Yeah. And then you have the Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, yeah, what is your favorite thing about the Barracuda? Uh, nothing. Oh, you it spirits? was 50 bucks. You oh, paid yeah. 50 bucks. Wow. Is it the blue it is, one? It's the blue yeah, it's that silly blue thing with the bicarbonate of soda thing. Uh, it, it looks like a small submarine. There's no real way to get into it unless you're like a Lego man. Yeah, no, I've, I've, Steven's got one actually. Yeah. No, it's horrible. It's actually probably one of the worst Joe vehicles, but there are worse things, so I haven't mentioned it in, in earlier podcasts. I, mean, I had a lot of fun with the Barracuda as a child. Hmm. It was the only thing I had to go toe-to-toe with the bug and the hammerhead. And, and it always won, hey? In true Joe fashion, yeah, it beat all the odds. With only three torpedoes. <laughs> but the bottom line is, like, it has an enormous redeeming factor to me as an adult in its play feature, which I never got to work as a child, but I was mucking around with it during summer in the swimming pool and managed to figure out how to get it to dive and resurface. And it is so much fun! (laughs) I swear, guys! Yeah, I I can no longer knock that thing. It's cool. And I had a lot of fun with it. Like, I had the Battle Corpse version of Wetsuit, and he was a perfect marriage to that vehicle. And the he, yellow and black one. He would do deep sea battle against. Well, I had the orange and black one. I think. That oh, cool. Slightly superior look, anyway. Um, and he would do battle against Cobra's vastly more numerous navy. And yeah, yeah I, had, I had tremendous fun. It's funny. I also actually used wetsuit in him, the yellow and black one, though. <laughs> well, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think it was the only diver available to us at that stage of the line. I think I still had parts of deep six around that time. As well. Oh, I gave but, Deep Six to a friend. Damn. But in all fairness, I think it's definitely the whale. Wow. I mean, we've really spoken about the whale. And I think yeah. for our loyal listeners, I mean, if you don't have a whale by now, I don't know what you're doing. It's a great vehicle. I remember when I saw it the first time was when Steve was up here in Joburg last, and I just about skid my pants. 
because ah, it was just amazing. It was really, it was such an amazing vehicle, and it still is an amazing vehicle, and it is something I have to add to my Joe Motor Pool. I think it stands as the sort of de facto water-based Joe vehicle. I mean, it's a hovercraft, but it is a purely water-based vehicle. And in what Steve has said, it would give you a lot more enjoyment than the flag in some regards because it's the go-to mission vehicle as opposed to the go-to planned mission vehicle. And that's what makes it very cool. Also, I love the hold and the little thing that shoots out and the little motorbike, you know, to go to the circus first and stuff. No, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a wicked design that just has so much going for it. Yeah. There, every little bit of deck space is occupied by something cool, whether it's the rocket launches or the turret guns or the big cannons or the, you know, the deploying scout crafts. It's oh, just the depth charges, everything. That thing is just mm. oh, beautiful. So it's much lovely. stuff. And the action feature with the fans. Okay, we're now repeating ourselves, but... Uh, but yes, yeah. yeah. So okay. cool. <laughs> and now for the last of the land, sea, and air series, we have to throw in our favorite air vehicles. You know, I'm sitting on a chair staring at the three possibles for me. I still don't have a clear winner. That's crazy. But I'm just going to go with function and fun. Which one of the, the three vehicle choices that I have just, just ha- have the most use in my collection? And I'm going to go with the Tomahawk. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> yeah, I my choice is Tomahawk as well. Ta-da! Yeah. What a shock, listeners. We did not confer at all. <laughs> but it seems like we have uh, all settled in the Tomahawk. Hey, I was going to say Night Raven, and then I realized we were talking about Joe vehicles, so... Well, you, you know. could have said Sky Raven. Yeah, but it's not the same, dude. I know. That's what? why I, I chose not to use, like, a repaint, like the Tiger Rat or the A-10 Thunderbolt is my favorite. I never knew what a Night Raven was. I only Ooh. ever had a Sky Raven, and I never had a catalog from 1986. So the Sky Raven, for all intents and purposes, for me was a Joe vehicle. It wasn't a reuse of the mold, it was a, a once-off. I saw yeah, pic- pictures of it in the Joe catalogue before I even owned it, and it was like, wow, that is an amazing jet. Oh, yeah. Amazing. But no, we've all settled on the Tomahawk, it seems, and mm-hmm. that comes as a surprise to me, because, Paul, in our last episode, you had some pretty serious complaints about the Tomahawk. I do, but the thing is, you can't beat a vehicle that helped made your childhood better. The thing is, as much as I love the X-19, and I do love the X-19, I spent a lot of my childhood wanting that. That's not something that I could get. I mean, it was a unicorn. It was something I, I never, ever thought I'd ever really have until I recently purchased the Minton Box one. But the Tomahawk is something I actually had a lot of fun playing with, and I still can't fault it. Even today, I'm still considering getting one, but no, 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 I got my Paul. Blackhawk. Come on, buddy. I'm going to call you out. You can't fault it. The last time we recorded, you said it was too small. It is too small. I bet you can't fault it for being what it is. It's just, it's a huge part of my childhood. I mean, yes, because we were looking at it from a, from a technical point of view and from yeah. a critical point of view. I can be as critical as I want about it. I know that I like it. <laughs> and I think the really reason I get really critical about it is because I haven't got a lot of space at the moment. So I'm scared of getting something, but then at the same time, I still want it. <laughs> The Tomahawk's overall size, that was your criticism of the vehicle, Paul? It's just because I've recently acquired that Blackhawk, that the Tomahawk just feels too small in a lot of ways. You know, it just, it feels like a miniature version of itself. Okay, but you have to appreciate it for its multi-role capability. 
Oh, no, totally. Because of its small size, it makes for a perfect attack helicopter. It just so happens to have a troop capacity. That's how I've kind of switched my attitudes with it. If I want a big-bellied troop transport, I've got a Chapman Chinook. I've got a Osprey. I've also now recently acquired the, I don't even know what they're designated as, but the True Heroes transport plane or gunship, that big grey four-engined puppy. Okay, so if I want to just ram an aircraft full of of paratroopers, I've got those vehicles. The Tomahawk is in a class of its own. It's like an expanded dragonfly. It's Mm -hmm. like a hind in that it's an attack helicopter with troop capacity. So it's perfect. And if you're expecting to jam it full of 25th anniversary style figures, you are demanding something of your Tomahawk that it was never designed to do and will not execute with much aplomb. It carries vintage O-ring style figures perfectly because they can have a 90 degree bend in their legs and have back plugs. So handsomely in this vehicle, a fully loaded Tomahawk is a thing of beauty. No, I have to agree with that. I mean, like I, when I was messing around with one, I mean, I used to jam it full of Joes and uh, it was cool when I found out that the back opened and it's a great, great, great vehicle. I love it. I love it to bits. Uh, I do think it's very cool. It was just critical eye that, you know, that felt that it was maybe a bit small, you know? Yeah, I think, I think your criticism comes from comparing it to stuff that is outside of the G.I. Joe line. You know, it's like, oh, if it could be like this that I've bought from a different company. But I think, yeah, within the G.I. Joe realm, it's perfect. I think the Tomahawk still trumps everything else. I'm just so so faithful to this vehicle. But I own some pretty top-shelf helicopters, okay? I do have the PTE Blackhawks. They're nice. They're scaled-down versions of the Blackhawks, and by being so scaled-down, they are of a manageable size, and yet they can still accommodate a fair number of troops and accommodate modern-era-style figures. Cool, take nothing away from that but they do not have the level of detail, the tooling, the action features that a Tomahawk has. The Tomahawk has a working winch. It's got that lowering back gate, which isn't going to be for troop deployment. It's more for, like, loading a stretcher or offloading equipment. Okay? Which is very cool. Absolutely. It's got a Chinook-style setup, which must increase the amount of lift that this thing produces. It is a solid workhorse. Mm-hmm. Combine that with the winch, and I'm pretty sure she could lift a Mobat. <laughs> nah, maybe not a Mobat, but certainly she could lift a lot of weight. Probably an APC. Mm-hmm. I think in the comics, whew, they made it lift a Rolling Thunder. Uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but Homer seemed to think it could do that, and who's to say it can't? It does have a very high power-to-weight ratio, and it's armed to the teeth. Apart from that fantastic chin gun, it's got bombs, it's got missiles, and it's got dorsal guns. A, the Tomahawk is just brimming with play features. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, like with my other two choices, I chose something that I thought had lots of play potential and lots of options. You could choose a jet, but I mean, what can you really do with a jet? You can put one dude in it and you can fly it around at high speed ineffectively because, I mean, you're trying to run down the passageways or in your guard and you're not going to get very far and it's not terribly fun, <laughs> I think. But Having a helicopter that you can fly around, you put a lot of people in there and you bring them out. I mean, that's cool. It just makes it more fun and it makes it more like a real play. 
this is the same with the whale and the desert fox. You know, it just gives you more. There's an intelligence behind the tomahawk's design, which I think Hasbro sometimes tapped into and sometimes forgot about. The fact that the interior is versatile, you can remove the seats, you can leave some in, you can have it in certain configurations. I sometimes empty out my tomahawk and use it as a medevac. You can put mm. stretchers in there. In fact, Renegade's lifeline, yeah, yeah. his stretcher, because of its white strap, you can insert that strap into a little nook on the sides of the tomahawks. Kind of evocative mash, I guess. But mm. you could get a pair of those, one on each side, and still have room for two of uh, the vintage dock stretchers on the inside. And you could have uh, a single medic or, or team of medics riding along with. And it just is a multi-role helicopter, and just so versatile. There's a lot going for it. And uh, very cool that it's something that we all have a lot of fondness for. Yeah. Yeah, as demonstrated by the fact that unanimously... We chalked it up as our favorite G.I. Joe air vehicle. Mm. So what can we take from this, fellas? Should Hasbro be desperately trying to recreate the Tomahawk? I think it would be very cool if they could just, right now, focus on getting the figure line up to scratch, just the, the base figures. I see there's some rumors about a new vintage uh, remake out of the Sky Striker. There's been some rumblings about that on the net and stuff. Would it be a Night Boomer? Uh, no, I hope not. I hope it's actually... They're sort of hinting at the fact that because the Sky Striker did well for them, they may be retooling a vintage vehicle. Personally, I want a Night Raven, but at the same time, I think if they had to look at the Tomahawk uh, and retool it for 21st anniversary, that would be something worth looking forward to, definitely. To my mind, there's no bigger hole in the G.I. Joe line as it stands mm-hmm. than the much-needed transport helicopter. Yeah, I mean, it is something that's missing. It's why we're all going out and buying Blackhawks from PTE and stuff like that, you know, sure. for our line. I mean, the Dragonhawk, uh, the new one that they did, it's actually a very cool little healer. It's just a pity it's a one-seater with so much firepower. It would have been cooler if it could accommodate a lot more, but it's a great little vehicle as well. You can't cut corners with a transport aircraft. Mm, exactly. It has to be able to co- accommodate a lot of guys, so it is going to be a, a high-ticket item. You know, one of the toys that was abandoned according to JoeCon, was that Howler. Yes. A G.I. Joe Transport VTOL jet, which I would have hoped it would sell like wildfire. But it must have been a big gamble because it would have to be a large-ish vehicle. They wasted their time on doing crap like, sorry, but like the gunship from ROC. I mean, it was a cool idea. It can store two guys, one guy in the hold and one guy in the flight compartment. But I think if they just made that a little bit bigger... I mean, they've released stuff like the Rock, which is a pretty high-ticket uh, item as well. They re-released the Rhino for the, the ROC line. Mm. So, I mean, that's also a big vehicle. So it would be good if they gave us some big flying love. But that <laughs> came out of the direct-to-consumer era. Yeah. They could do larger vehicles because they were selling them, as I say, direct-to-consumer. Yeah, I didn't have to Like it up, was like, a, an immediate supply and demand. They could do a, a more limited run of the toys and they'd all be lapped up. I'd like to just see that kind of thing. Mattel does something with their online exclusivity. What they've done is they've re-released all of the He-Man figures, which are online only. You buy them from Maddie Collector directly or from a shop like Big Bad Toy Store or whatever. And they've been doing really well. They've been releasing vehicles. The figures are all up to scratch. People dig them. They listen to customers. 
They've been great. The Ghostbuster line that came out of there, also fantastic. I, I think they've stopped the Ghostbuster line now, sadly, but fabulous figures. I wish Hasbro would actually do that. It would open up a collector's exclusive site to themselves, much like how the Collector's Club is trying to do, and let us buy the figures and vehicles that we want. Then they know they have a market for it, and they know that the market has the money for it. It's not like they have to worry about, you know, will it be marketable to like a snot-nosed 12-year-old. I'm just surprised they haven't considered that model because I think Maddie Collector is doing really, really well with that. It's quite possible, though, Paul, that toy lines go this direct-to-consumer route when their mass retail is not doing the kind of business they need to support themselves. No, so it's kind of like the, the death throes of a toy line. Jojo, gratefully, hasn't gone back there yet. Yes. Uh, it was there for a little time, but now it's uh, hopefully clawing its way back into the playtime of a new generation of fans. We're all just riding the reflected glory of that. But yeah, look, I wouldn't wish that on us too soon. That's why we've got something like the Collector's Club. Uh, that said, you got me thinking, would you want the October God set to become less exclusive? Would you want them to do a sort of an unlimited run? Totally. I'd lap that thing up in like a second. I'd dig it. I think it's such a cool set. I mean, those are great characters. Those are characters we've never really, really had. I would dig it. I would totally go for some October God action. Even if it took away from the exclusivity of the event at which it was released? Yeah, totally. I don't care. <laughs> of course you don't, because you're landlocked in South Africa, mate, and you're not going to get to one of these conventions come hell or high water. Exactly. So, yes, uh, dear listeners who've been to these cons and have managed to pick up these sets, probably at hefty uh, prices, exclusivity holds no water with uh, with the wider audience. We all would love to have these figures, but uh, sadly, we will never get our paws on them. I don't see the point in making something like the October God in exclusivity when they could make other things exclusive, you know, like the Crimson Baroness with her Crimson Army and stuff like that. That is cool. That's ex- exclusivity territory the whole way. That's great. Do that. Do those kind of repaints. I don't mind yeah, but that. Yeah, you don't mind because it's less desirable. For me, yes, but to it's, do an exclusive I, that is desirable is pure gold. The collectors' oh, club or whoever put those those toys out is laughing all the way to the bank because you know it's not like just having a recolored Crimson God, Baroness, and Tomax and Zaymot in a his tank. These are like much sought after figures. I've still maintained that they're going to revisit Serena at some point, and yeah, we'll see how things go there. You know, it's just. It's just a bit sad, because those are characters I, I like quite a bit, uh, especially um, now that I've been reading the graphic novels and stuff like that, and catching up on them. You know, they, they're cool characters, they're a lot of fun, you know? And yeah, were- and also I, I see the chances of me ever getting my iceberg dwindling, because once again, exclusivity. Listen, I managed to get my Serana from a very, very cool character online through eBay. What did and- you pay for it, mate? What he did was, the black Serana, the variation, she's meant to be the more expensive of the two. Mm-hmm. So I ended up paying about 600 rand for each figure. But I actually originally wanted to get two pink ones, because I was going to get one to keep in the box and then one to open. Because of his shipping and stuff like that, I think he thought, okay, well, this guy's not like a total butthead. So he actually gave me both. So the cost and everything balanced out, for example, if I had bought a black and a pink one. So it ended up being quite fair, about 680 rand a figure, which, yes, it's a lot of money for a Joe, but... 
for a character like Serena that I really like, it wasn't the end of the world. I know that Iceberg is, um, you know, is a character that you'd like quite a bit, being one of your first Joes, if not your first Joe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Here's a question for the mm. three of us. Out of our land, sea, and air vehicle entries, which is our absolute favorite, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a tough question. Which of the three is our favorite, favorite. ultimate favorite G.I. Joe vehicle? For me, it's the War Dog, easily. I just get a lot of fun out of that toy. Absolutely, and for that same reason, I choose Tomahawk. Okay. Goody, that's a good one. Not the flag, because of the reason that I listed. The flag is a means to an end, whereas the Tomahawk is the end. Yeah. Or at least is the further means to the end. Yeah. It's fun to have the flag, but if you're not taking a tomahawk off its deck, the flag is without purpose. No, totally. The tomahawk validates the flag, just like having an airborne infantryman validates the tomahawk. Also, in the concept cabinet, it looks like there's an ambush in there. Ooh, Paul's licking his lips. I'm super amped, and there's a heat viper. I'm so glad for the heat viper. And a laser viper. We can hope, right? We can hope. But Rob, what is your ultimate G.I. Joe vehicle out of your three, your land, sea, and air? Oh, didn't I say? You did not. Oh, then it would probably be the one that I own, which would be the whale. One other thing before we dash. I was uh, at a toy shop with a colleague's kids the other day, Hmm. and we were browsing through the action figure aisle, and... You know, it caught my eye that the average Star Wars action figure is retailing at about 150 rands these days, as opposed to what we used to pay for carded action figures when we were children, about in the, the range of 7 to 10 rand. Yep. That is just insane inflation. One and a half thousand percent. I used and- to buy a carded G.I. Joe figure with my week's allowance. Now, yep. does that mean... Parents are having to pay their children 150 rands a week in allowance money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, no, that doesn't seem right at all. It's like having their own little salary. Their parents just go, okay, kids, this is your salary for I would, month. I would, if I had a child these days, I think I'd draw the line at 50 rands a week. That seems fair to me. But for a child to have to save up three weeks just to get one three and three quarter inch action figure is astounding to me. They would never I, yeah. have their own collection. The economy of that this just would not happen. Absolutely. Well, I was hoping we can get into what we bought, um, well, what's new in our, on our toy shelves? Oh, well, apart from that uh, True Heroes transport plane, I've got sweet nothing. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm once again uh, riding the old nothing train. I am working currently in a shopping mall <laughs> and yeah. visit the Toys R Us inside the mall uh, as often as possible. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Where's this? Uh, Canal Walk. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Canal Walk's Toys R Us is awesome. I bought some cool stuff from there, actually. I've been watching the stock situation at Toys R Us very closely, <laughs> particularly Star Wars action figures. Now, it was no surprise mm-hmm. to me that the droidekas went very quickly. I considered getting those guys. They're very cool. 
And they do what I think they do yeah, what, what they they do in the film and roll into a little ball. You can roll them as well. I think like so. Effectively, be uh, prob- probably not effectively, but they do yeah. like fold up a little bit. They're, they're fully articulated. It's, okay. it's nice. Okay. And like the robot figures in Star Wars typically have better articulation than the the human characters. Yeah, because they don't give up on the the aesthetics of the figure. I think that's what Star Wars kind of focuses on often mm. is absolutely the aesthetics of the look of the figure than about movement. Mm. So it makes sense to. Articulate the, the mechanical figures along their mechanical lines. Yes. But astonishingly enough, the other big seller was Luke Skywalker in his snowspeeder pilot gear. Huh. That figure was there the one day and gone the next. That's Every so... single copy of that figure. All that's left now is something called a stealth clone trooper, <laughs> <laughs> which is stealthy because it's got grey armor instead of white <laughs> and a giant, like, yellow-red, like, headdress. <laughs> like, his helmet has this crazy design on the front, which is apparently <laughs> stealthy. So, there's a glut of clone troopers. Nobody seems to want to buy the clone troopers, which is just sad because... In the Clone Wars animation, I think the clone troopers had the, the biggest following. Like, mm-hmm. I asked kids what their favorite characters were, and they were invariably Clone saying, troopers. Yeah, the troopers were cool. The troopers were cool. compelling. Far more interesting than a bunch of hippie Jedi. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that a new generation of Star Wars fans have singled out Luke Skywalker as the man. And I don't know if it's because he was an interesting-looking figure on his own merit. I mean, he came with a lightsaber, so he must be a Jedi. But it's not Anakin, and it's not Obi-Wan, and it's not Mace Windu. Who's this guy in this interesting orange outfit? And he came with some pretty cool gear, coming with the grapple launcher that he uses to mount an at-at. Is it possible that they bought it on the merit of the figure alone? Or is it possible that kids these days... Know the original trilogy. Yes, and they know which is better. I hope the latter. Yeah, I, so I think too. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that in Toys R Us they've been releasing those classic Star Wars vehicles. Mm. So, and amongst them have been the Snowspeeder and the Y Wing. I think there's very few figures that lend themselves to being pilots, especially to those vehicles. And I think that um, that Luke, I know as a kid, I would want to get him because that'd be a cool. Marriage of the yes. two. Yeah, I mean, put the pilot with his vehicle. God knows it should have come choice. with a pilot, but, uh, <laughs> well, I guess when you slap the Star Wars logo on your package, that's just an open invitation to screw everybody. No, totally. <laughs> I mean, the, price, the prices are hiked, and you get less. Far less. That said, the vintage reissue Snowspeeder owns. That vehicle just is too cool. Perfect size, perfect look, perfect feel, paint apps, decals, perfection. Oh, no, it's a goodie. No, this week... Ooh, what you um, get, Paul? What you get? They released the new Transformers Prime uh, figures. They've been on our shelves. And, I uh, saw them. I like that sound wave. I like them very much, too. I bought Not one. enough to... Par- yeah, well, not enough to pay <laughs> 200 rands for, but... He looks cool. He's a UAV... But, oh man, missed opportunities. I just wished he had, like, removable rockets or something. Yes, rockets that transform. There's just well, nothing to say, him. He's so thin and, like, functionless. Okay, well, for starters, he's actually quite functional. What does he do? Uh, well, laser beak comes with him, for starters. And yeah. laser beak actually connects to his chest when he's in robot form. Okay. Or you can have him on the hand, which is very cool. It's some extra, like, annoyance when you have it in UAV mode, which I don't really care much about. 
the articulation on him is actually very good for a Oh, of course. What are you talking about? Modern Transformers are more articulated than any other action figure. He's great. I love him. I think he's got such a cool look to him. He's very weird and alien-like, and he's very sound wave. He's just... He hit all the right notes. I also got Cliffjumper. Cliffjumper happens to be one of the finest little Transformers I've bought. Mm. He is really, really, really cool. His transformation is great. It's very well thought out. He's got a cool little like transformation feature. When his arms bend down, his little head comes out, but the head retains articulation. I think it's the first Cliffjumper that is not a mold reuse Bumblebee. Yes, he's actually his own thing. He's a cool little muscle car. They've finally given Cliffjumper his own body. Oh, thank goodness. He's not living in the shadow of <laughs> the Yellow Beetle. Yeah, he deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a very compelling character. Hmm. Little ruffian. Little tough little guy. And they gave him a muscle car. Well, I guess he's not so little anymore then. <laughs> he's grown up. It's so cool, the whole way that the windshields and stuff fold in. You know the doors, little windows? They actually fold in with the transformation. Oh, like, sweet. you actually fold them in, so they're not, like, you know, jutting out, like, he looks like a typical car with, you know, the windows up and stuff. The little touches. Um, Hasbro, they've done really well on that line. I think that line is stellar. I think um, the Megatron throws me off a bit, because I just don't like the design. But otherwise, I really dig it. It's a cool, it's been a cool line so far. I've had to stop myself from getting an RC, because I was thinking of putting a Joe on, on her, and I think it would totally work. It's no, I don't think it fine. would. Uh, I've, I've scrutinized that RC quite closely and it, it's, it's too small and... It's like fat. Yeah. It, you'd battle to get the Joe's legs around that extra kibble. There are far better bikes in the line and I think they were from Revenge of the Fallen. The other surprising thing I picked up was a Batman from the new Batman animated series, not the movie, and it's a yeah. standard grey and black Batman with a yellow belt. He was pretty cheap at 130 bucks, quite a tall figure, getting into the 5 inch territory. Awesome sculpt on him, unfortunately articulation lacking on the knees, but yeah, they were in a shop called Toy Zone and they had the Batmobile there and they had a Robin that was in a similar style. They're decent. I think they're very, very cool toys. They definitely make the movie toys look like rubbish. Yeah, uh, I saw those at the toy shop at the waterfront here in Cape Town. Wow, how bad are they? I mean, they're wow. awful. The six-inch figures are just awful. They have it's... no articulation. Hey, at least they articulated the knees. <laughs> I mean, Paul, you settled for a Batman figure that has to like do like a stiff karate kick. <laughs> no, no. Oh, come on, Batman has got to be able to bend at the knees, he's got to be able to crouch, he's got to be able to break his fall. I mean, no. No, you're right. There's no, no better crouch than the lying on the ground crouch. <laughs> With any of the animated figures, I don't really care too much about articulation because I buy them to be display pieces because yeah. they show an evolution in the line. The last series, he is very well articulated. That That's a great figure. This is a sterling Batman action figure, actually. They did another line with that of a more serious style of Batman figures and they had great articulation as well and I managed to snatch up a Batman and a Batgirl Cassandra Kane style Batgirl from that line so I'm very happy with their articulation they're great but these figures I just buy them purely for their display quality for the fact that they'll stand there and look cool in my Batcave display also I'm excited about my new turtles Oh, yeah. Have they arrived? Not yet. They okay. um they still haven't actually come out yet. I think they're only due for an August release, but I'm very excited for them. I've pre-ordered a set of the Awesome Forsome. So anything Joe-related that you want to end off on, guys? Can't wait for the movie, yeah. Like, whenever it comes out... Are you being sincere, Rob, or are you jerking everyone's chair? I'm totally jerking you guys off. <laughs> I just... It's... Yeah, I'm not... I'm not 
I wouldn't I'm pay not him. looking forward to that film at all. <laughs> Especially after hearing that description of Roadblock on the packaging that you said earlier. <laughs> Into Commando, like, if Roadblock lifts his feet off the ground in that film in any way, except to, like, go to the toilet or sit down, you know, like, <laughs> it's gonna walk out of the cinema. <laughs> and if there's like a flashback once again where they're kids or something and Roblox suddenly is like part of the origin <laughs> he's in the, he's the master he's in the kitchen you know he's in the kitchen as well you know and they're all friends no I, oh, I can't I'll hold you to it Rob you can walk out and wait for me in the car park <laughs> I guess she's something else um, a big thing I do want to say, though, I'm very glad that the fate of G.I. Joe in a lot of ways is in the hands of the community at the moment. Well, it seems like Hasbro is putting an arm out there for us to sort of grab onto and let them know, listen, this is what we want uh, by putting up that concept shelf at JoeCon. I think that was very cool. I think the fact that they're sort of opening their ears to the fans and the collective fan base is a good thing. Um, it's also good to see Waves 2, uh, especially 3 and 4, having the quality that we expect from the Joe line, at least in the, in the pack shots. That is good news. I think those are some great positives. I know that in a former podcast, we were a little worried. I, I know I was, and I, I certainly was when I received my retaliation figures. So I'm glad to feel a lot of positivity in the line. I'm also looking forward to my Lieutenant Falcon that should be coming sometime this week. Doll. <laughs> my doll, but he's awesome. Essentially, he's a stalker repaint, but still cool. <laughs> And astronomically expensive. Oh, he's, he's cheaper than the. I'm sure he's cheaper than the Baroness that's going to come out. In fact, actually, he's quite cheap. He's actually one of the cheaper sideshow shows I've bought. I'm going to kind of echo you, Paul, and uh, end with a bit of positivity. I think the date of the movie being bumped back is probably the best move that we could have hoped for. If you just look at the products that we got in the form of Retaliation Wave One. And you look at the stuff that is showcased at Jocon for further waves coming out in conjunction with the movie. There seems to be a ramping up of quality, adherence to the movie accuracy, and mm-hmm. just adherence to what fans want. As opposed to rushing a toy line through production in a shotgun approach to just get kids to buy it. Mm-hmm. The Retaliation Wave 1 stuff, for all the reasons that you listed, sounds like garbage, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, and the images from JoeCon have just restored my faith. It's like they got a second wind. They were able to step back, say, okay, we got a little bit of extra time. We can finally make the tweaks that will make a line that was punch drunk and heading for the ropes, just kind of cashing in on a movie into something that is able to stand on its own two feet and on its own merits as a toy line. Yeah. And I'm supremely excited about products to come. That said, I've made good on my promise to fill holes in my collection. I have invested in a vintage mobile command center. Yo, Joe. <laughs> just because I have so much space <laughs> for a sewing box, and it will be winging its way to me shortly. Wing. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> struggling to wing its way to you, I think. Well, I I think it's grand. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll hold off on in, that. In lieu, of, it for real. in lieu of a flag, that can be the central HQ of my Joe Force. In a kind of scaled-down kind of way. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to imagine the vehicle bay can hold a few more vehicles than just a triple T <laughs> or an Orstriker. 
every level of the mobile command center is a kind of a microcosm of that level. It's a representation, to my mind. And in that sense, the vehicle really shines. Because it gives you all the play space you need and a enormously imposing, hulking vehicle. And yet it also allows you the imagination to expand upon what's actually inside that mountain of beige-ness. <laughs> so, listeners, thank you for uh, your time. I hope you've enjoyed our insights into the world of G.I. Joe. Please subscribe and yeah, comment. Please, yeah, emails. Just talk to us. We want to we wanna be able to you know, respond to you on air, as it were. Absolutely. If there's something we've mentioned that you'd like to pick up on, we'll most definitely address it in a future podcast. We'll mention your name. Absolutely. We'll totally say your name. Tom Brooks. Yeah, see, there we go. Tom Brooks, we mentioned you. Tom Brooks. You have commented, and we love that you're listening to us. You rock, dude. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out and posting on our wall. Touching our lives. Thank you. All right. We're out, guys. Thanks for listening. With comments. Adios. Ciao. Bye. Dear listeners, if you want to get hold of the guys from G.I. Joburg, leave a comment on our Podbean page at www.gijoburg.podbean.com. We would love to hear from you. If there's anything you would like to bait it on a future show, let us know. We love doing what we do. Joe Joe!